Hey everybody, it's Lenora from It's a New Dawn. How is everybody doing? I am back, I'm back. And like I told you all, I don't have a set plan as far as when I'm going to put out the podcast, how many times a week. Uh, so, you know, just enjoy them when they come out. So I'm recording another one with this beautiful woman, uh, Andrea Mayuro. Yay! Yeah, hello. That yeah, that I met through, uh, you know, TikTok. Um, yeah. So, like I said, in the, all the other podcasts, I've been meeting so many beautiful people on TikTok, connecting, um, making friends, and it has been a wonderful, wonderful trip. That I hope it doesn't end anytime soon, but. I met Andrea. What I did when I first decided to start my podcast again, I um, put a little announcement out on TikTok saying that if anybody was interested, if they had any stories of adversity that they came back from that they would like to share with me on the podcast, just let me know, DM me. And Andrea was one of those people. So um, I'm going to let you just tell me what, and, and the audience what your story is and uh i'll pass the camera over to you andrea so yeah take it well, away. Thank, take it away. thank you very much for having me i love this this is my first podcast so I, this is going to be fun for me but yeah i love tiktok and how great it's been such a positivity especially through this time that we're going through right now in this world i mean we need all of that and i have been so blessed to meet people like you I just absolutely love it. And now I'm an empty nester. So I thought it was going to be hard, but I mean, I've kept myself busy and I have people like you that I get to talk to every day on there and look forward to seeing all your inspirational, you know, yogas and all that stuff. So it's, it's been great. I love it. But a little bit about me. Um, I will actually be 48 in December and most people think that I am my son's older sister, which is great. I mean, tell me that in a few years when I hit 50. <laughs> right, right, but right, right. Um, I was married and I, I've been married twice and I've been divorced twice, but I look at life as little lessons. And I could have been one of those people that just went depressed and oh, poor pitiful me. And I didn't, I never wanted to be that person. So I decided that I was going to kind of write a little book, um, trying to work on getting it published and stuff, but basically it's about scars and pains and fears. And it's, it's life's little bumps in the road and everybody has them. And in some way, some shape, some form, everyone can relate to them. Um, but what people don't realize is that scars can come in different forms, different shapes, and different ways. It doesn't have to be a cut from a surgery. A scar can be from a verbal abusive relationship. It can be growing up how you were treated from your parents, whether you had strict parents or parents that didn't care and stuff like that. So some scars can be naked to the eye, and those scars can be the ones that are the deepest. Mm -hmm. And I have always been somebody that I've always said it could be worse. Always. And my doctor back in 2006, I was a dancer for many, many years. I was in the Nutcracker. I was a sugar plum fairy. And I 
believe it or not, was standing in line going to go on a roller coaster ride and my knee just gave out. So what started off that we thought, oh, I have a torn meniscus in my knee. I then discovered that I had a very serious problem with the bone in my knee that caused for many surgeries and they just couldn't get it right. And then finally, and I believe this wholeheartedly, God sent me another doctor and he was my angel and my savior. And I'll never forget the day I met him. And he told me, you know, all this kind of stuff. And all I heard was break leg, transplant, surgery. And the rest of it was womp, 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 like Charlie Brown teacher. Right, right, right. You always hear about those doctors that have that bedside manner and you're like, eh. but he had that kind that was straightforward. And when it was all said and done, this man saved my leg and I had two transplants by him. And I am, I mean, if you see my TikTok, you know, I am running around cutting yards and, you know, pushing a mower and dancing around and I get to walk in heels once in a while. And I got to fulfill a dream of becoming an actress. And what, what was wrong with your knee? What was the, so your, your knee bones come together and you have cartilage. Yes. My cartilage was deformed and it was deteriorating stuff, but I have what they call dancer's knee. So on top of that wear and tear, the bone was actually on the top part was disintegrating Mm -hmm. and there, they couldn't prevent it from happening but what they could do was take out the problem and put in a new piece of bone and new cartilage and I had my first transplant the day after Christmas in 2007 and I thought that was great because my birthday's Christmas Eve so I was like Mm -hmm. happy birthday Merry Christmas to me yay Mm -hmm. and they had to medically break my leg in order to do the transplant and I cannot take pain medication I'm allergic to it. So I discovered, like I went through the labor process, but I discovered that that whole Lamaze and breathing and that meditation of just taking the time to breathe and let the body do what it needs to do. Wow. Amazing what it can do. And it was hard. I was in a wheelchair for three years and I said, I had you know, suffered some nerve damage, but I overcame it after a year, they could take the hardware out and he couldn't believe it because the day after surgery, I had to go back and I walked in their office and they couldn't believe it. And I became their success rate because he's one of the doctors that developed that procedure. And Mm -hmm. then I just happened to go on vacation and fell and broke the transplant and had to have another one. And he said, now understand, you're going to get another one. And this is it. Like after this, we can't do any more. And I was lucky within a month, I was back on the transplant list and had another transplant. But I'm going to tell you, that is one of the hardest letters and thank yous you will ever have to give somebody to sit there and say, thank you for that donation. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was one of the biggest reasons why when I did turn 40, I, I did a give back party. So I brought in all my nonprofits and everybody had to give back. And one of them was to sign up to become a donor. So ah, it, awesome. it was, yeah, but I mean, look at me today now. I mean, I've lost 176 pounds. Um, I will well, say. Let, to, let's, let's get to that because that's part yeah. of the story, right? 
Yeah. So you said that led you to uh, your act acting. So yeah. Tell me about your acting. So three weeks, um, another surgery I had was neck surgery. Three weeks after I had had neck surgery, um, I got my first TV acting show and it was with my ex-husband and I loved it. I did my first commercial when I was 19. It was no big deal. I mean, it was just something to do. I was young, but I didn't want to pursue it or do anything big with it because by that time I had fallen in love with my first husband. We got married, had children, you know, or son. And um, so I just didn't pursue it or anything like that. Thought that, that my, as an Italian woman, you're raised to be a mom, take care of your husband, take care of your family, do what needs to be done, you know. Make but, the um, sauce, make the sauce yeah, and the meatballs and the right. chicken soup, you know. And, and, and I just happened to marry the most Southern person in the world. So I had to educate him on how to eat properly with Italian food. <laughs> 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 so um, my, my second husband used to say that he was a redneck Italian. He was, he's true blue Georgia boy Southern but then when he met me, he became an, a refined redneck that loved Italian food. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I mean, I just love it. Like I've done commercials now. I've done movies. I've done television shows. I've had speaking roles. I've done reenactment uh, of real cases of murder mysteries and stuff and stuff like that. So well, what, was, what are some, what are some of the things that maybe the audience would know? Anything? Um, yeah, um, my speaking role was a television show called Personal Injury Court, and I play the mom to a case where a kid's hand got put through an industrial shredder. And you mean that's, that stuff that stuff isn't real? The cases are <laughs> no, the cases are real because the pictures oh, okay. you see and stuff are real. But like the person that played my son, that person is a minor in real life. So they can't be on television and stuff. And, who and is, some of these cases. The judge? Are, who is, who is the judge? Gino. Uh, I Gino. don't remember how to pronounce his last name. Um, oh, okay. Down my here, son did, yeah. My son did one of those uh, acting yeah. things mm -hmm. in California. Yeah. Uh, it was a blonde haired woman judge. I don't remember yeah, this her guy, name. This guy was new and it was the first season. Um, oh, okay. That it's been out. Yeah. But we okay. have it down here on the CW channel. I think we have the same channel. Yeah. I think, I think we do. Yeah. But it's um, called you're personal in, injury. You're in, you're in Georgia? No. You're Correct. in, you are in Georgia. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead. What happened from there? Um, from there. And then I've also done a reenactment for uh, season 10 of Killer Couples, which you have to remember, you're going, you're having fun, and you're doing a role, but you also have to remember, this is a real case where mm -hmm. I'm playing the mom of this child who he actually killed a man in real life. So it's mm -hmm. fun and games when we're on set and stuff, but there's a part where, and I'm one of those people that I can bring that emotion and I can cry on command. And that was one of the main reasons why I got that position. And then also the one on personal injury, because I could be that mama bear, but I could also be that emotional person that they need. Mm -hmm. And I've mm -hmm. always been good at those, no matter what. And it, it, like that one, we had to go up to uh, Knoxville to do. 
but I, I loved working with them. Now, once you've done one of those shows, um, you can't do another one for a couple of years because, you know, they have to rotate people out. Now you can do other shows, but that particular one, I couldn't go back and do a show with them. Mm -hmm. So did you have, did you have some kind of career before all the acting? Yeah, actually, uh, I used to be an office manager to a financial firm and then I was third in charge of running a chemical plant. Oh, okay. All right. And then you're dancing like, where did, dancing. How far did you go with dancing? Because if you your knee was that worn, and and I'm assuming your neck was from the dancing also. The neck was actually from a car accident. Well, I don't know about a car accident. Yeah, did the neck. Um, no, the the neck was. Uh, I was in a couple of car accidents where I'd had a whiplash, and a lot of people just think, okay, you have whiplash, you can take care of it. But what happens is if you have an injury like that, and then you don't do the proper physical therapy, you can develop what they call a bone spur. Mm -hmm. And I unfortunately developed a bone spur that cut into the nerve and Mm -hmm. was puncturing my spinal cord. So I was blacking out from the pain and it was right where my trachea was. So uh-huh. had I been in another accident or had I fallen, my neck could have snapped and killed me. I mean, yeah. no lie. When my doctor saw that MRI, he immediately was put me on the table. And okay. I went for years of always screaming about, oh, my shoulder hurts, my shoulder hurts. Or if you tell him that your arm goes numb because my arm, it was the left arm. And being over 40, they automatically think, oh, it's her heart. It's her heart. It's her heart. So I went through Mm -hmm. all of that stuff because my family has heart history Mm -hmm. and it wasn't, it was, it was in my neck. It was a bone spur. And all my doctor did is he had me put my wrist up and he said, don't let me pull your hand down. Mm -hmm. And I thought he was doing like a trick and Mm -hmm. I thought he was messing with me because I couldn't hold my hand up to save my Mm -hmm. life. Mm Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, he, he like hit the emergency button in the doctor's office room and he called the nurse and he goes, see if they can do an MRI right now. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I said, you got to knock me out doing MRI. I'm claustrophobic because I know they're going to have to tie me down. And he goes, I, I want an MRI before the end of the week. And he got that MRI and I was on the table within two weeks. Mm-hmm. It was, it was that scary. And it, it, it was all the way, I mean, I have pictures of it. It's just incredible. But he saved my life. And when he did that, I was like, okay. So when it came time to do the lower back surgery, I completely trusted him and look at me now. I mean, he, he even said, you know, it's amazing. So now you have back surgery. Correct. I've had 37 surgeries. Okay. And these are all, they're not, well, I feel like they're, they're all connected, but right. Tell me like why Um, now you're back. The lower we don't back. have to go. We don't have to go through all thirty-seven. No, but, no, no. I know. Um, what is in your book? Like, I'm sure you have that in your book as far as scars. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like, just just to give an example. I mean, you know, like you break it down to having a life alteration event. You know, from something that happened to me when I was child, where my next door neighbor, you know, molested me to the point where at 19, I was raped. And it, if not taking over my life and controlling me, it made me that stronger person that I wanted to become a cop. Mm 
and then becoming a police officer and starting to go through the training process, I had already been one that wanted to do that kind of stuff because I did work for amusement park and I was undercover for them. So back in the day, we used to have like little belt tilts where people could take actual cash and give you cash back and change and stuff like that. Well, I was the person that was hanging out with all the boys and all the guys and girls and busting them that was stealing the money. And -hmm. nobody ever knew that it was me because I was just sweet and innocent and, Mm -hmm. and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So I. Hey, you just went out for a second with your sound. Hold on people. I think we're back. Sorry, podcast people. Okay, sorry. We're trying about to get that. this. Yeah, we're trying to get the sound back. Thank you, podcast okay. people, for holding I on. I got it. I got it. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I thought so, I turned that off. No, no, no. So I, I'm inter- only if you want to talk about it. Um, no, I'm I'm a, I'm an open book, honey. I I okay. don't mind. Well, I know what a huge role my abuse played in my future. Mm-hmm. Uh, your abuse. How much do you think that that played a future in the how or a role in how you were as a child, as a teenager, as an adult? How I much do you t- think that affected it, you? It, it? It affected me a lot in certain ways, but it didn't affect me to make me that psychotic person. It it did make me want to find love in a different way than most people want to find love. Like you want to find that person to love you and just everything about you. But you want, I want to give back more than somebody wants to give me. And that's hard for people to understand because I'm one of those people that love hard. And sometimes that's too much for people, but I'm very open. I'm very honest. I'll give all, you know, sometimes they'll say, well, you don't have to tell me everything. And, that's just who I am because I feel like if I'm not telling that person everything or giving them information, I don't want to give them a reason to suspect that I'm doing something wrong or think that I'm, you know, not into them or whatever the case may be where it came to trust. The problem was growing up in my family, mom was brush it under the rug. Don't tell your father because growing up Italian, daddy would have went after him. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a situation that I could go and talk to anybody with. So it was kind of like, keep it to myself. So as I got older and it got out there that I could talk to people about it, then I could educate. So now what I'll do, especially when I'm on movie sets or television sets, we'll have nights where it's at nighttime and it's time to leave. And I'm the girl who goes, no, ma'am, you're getting off that bus and I'm following you or you're going to stick with me or I'll light up the street so that you can get in your car safely. Like I'm the one to protect them. If they have their cell phones on set and these girls put their IDs, I'll just simply go up to them and say, hey, turn your ID around. You don't need somebody seeing your address. Mm -hmm. And they're like, because these kids don't think about that kind of stuff. And I'm that person that sees that little detail that if it's just one person that I could help and possibly save them from somebody getting information that doesn't need to be out there. I'm happy with that. Perfectly Mm -hmm. happy with that. And Mm -hmm. I just look at it like that's the bigger picture for me. 
And I've always said it in a million years, whenever I've had the surgery, whenever, you know, with the, with the knee and everything, the doctor come back and I can say, you know what, it could be worse. And he finally came up to me one day. He goes, Andrea, you're always saying that he goes, what in the world could ever be worse than if I have to tell you, I have to take your leg. I said, death, that's yeah. the worst thing that could happen. I said, if you have to take my leg, I said, just give me one of them bouncy ones. I could be like Tigger <laughs> and off I could go. And he just started busting out laughing. And he goes, that's the reason why I'm willing to work with you. He said, because you have that mindset that it doesn't matter what your outcome's going to be. You're going to be okay. And mm -hmm. I said, absolutely. And even when I was in the wheelchair, I never waited for somebody. I taught myself how, how to drive left footed. And I just mm -hmm. laid because for a long time I couldn't bend my knee because I couldn't have staples. I had to have stitches and I would just figure out how to get up inside my truck, get my wheelchair inside my truck. And I taught myself how to drive left footed. And mm -hmm. off I went to the store and I didn't care. And mm -hmm. I had a, an actual two by four that would stick out from the wheelchair where my leg would lay on top of it. So I couldn't bend my knee and people would know not to run into me. Right. Right. Um, I, I agree with you. I mean, that yeah. is my mantra. One of my mantras, many mantras, but it could always be worse. Always. Yeah. It, it always. always be worse. Yeah. You know? And, and then from that saying, he was like, he made the comment, he goes, you always find the silver lining. And I looked at him like, no, I said, I know my worth. I said, I don't look for the silver lining. I'm going for gold or platinum. I mean, I'm, I, got, I got high standards. I want gold or platinum. And he just, he just loved it. And I've used that on, I've used that a lot on different. That's, that's great. Yeah, that's great. That's great. When I, when I, I, it reminds me as you're talking, I, you know, I do my gratefuls every time I go out and run in the morning and I do five gratefuls that are true that have happened and yep. then five, like they've already happened, mm -hmm. but haven't. So a lot of times you don't put any limit on them. You don't, right. you don't have, so I'll say, I'm grateful for all the money in the bank that I would ever want or need for the rest yep. of my life. Like I, there's no limit. For me. Yeah. No. Well, so and it is too, too much to ask for. Exactly. And it's, no. it's so funny that you talk about that too, because like I used to go and get my nails done all the time. Now I went to school, I can do my own nails, but it was nice to have that communication with someone. And I became friends with her and stuff. And she gave me this envelope for her Chinese new year. And it had a $2 bill. And she goes, now you keep it in your wallet. And as long as you keep this in your wallet, you will always have money in your wallet. She goes, even if it's just two cents, because then somebody can say, can't say that you don't have two cents. And I, <laughs> I kid you not, I've never taken it out. It's in my wallet. And I've always had some kind of money or change in my wallet. It's just, it's crazy. I believe, I believe in that stuff. Believe yeah. me. Yeah. Um, so go on. Keep yeah. Tell me. So, tell me story, um, girl. so another part of the book that I'm doing about scars and fears is people have anxiety over certain things. People can say, Oh, I'm scared of a spider. Oh, I'm scared of a snake. But there are phobias out there where people can actually have a phobia that they can't look at something like a honeycomb 
they can't look at something like a sponge because it has all the holes in it. That's an actual phobia. So I have a phobia of frogs. And I always make it a joke because the most poisonous animal on the world is a frog. The most venomous animal in the world is a box jellyfish. But you show me a snake, I just walk away from it. No big deal. A frog, I will scream like a two-year-old just got her leg smacked. <laughs> I, will, wow. I will run. And I don't know why. But I do know that growing up as a child, like rubber snakes, rubber rats, stuff like that, same thing. Straight up screaming, panic attack, can't breathe, will like beat somebody to try to get away from them. Somewhere, somewhere out there is a video at Walmart. Now, this is back when I was 350 pounds. The ex-husband's on one aisle, end of the aisle. The son is on the other end of the aisle. And each of them have a rubber snake. I didn't even try to get past them. I'm just the fat lady trying to climb over, <laughs> over <laughs> the shelving. So there's a, is this a video? You there's, a secure, like, there's a security surveillance camera somewhere uh, out video. there. Um, yeah. I thought you weren't afraid of snakes, though. I'm you not, but it was a rubber. It was a rubber snake. So the rubber, uh, the, like the rubber rats, the so rubber you're, snakes. You're afraid of rubber snakes, not real snakes. Right. Correct. Correct. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, it, yeah. <laughs> well, and here, here's why. As a joke growing up, because I am a twin, and then my younger sister, there's nine and a half years younger. She's nine and a half years younger than me. And growing up, they thought it would be cute to put these in the foot of my bed so that when I would get in the bed at night, it would hit my foot and then I would just scream. So I, mm. it, it triggered an issue with me that just lasted my whole life. And it doesn't matter what I've tried to do. It just doesn't stop. I mean, like I can't make it go away, but it's just one of those things. And I was actually dating someone and I stepped outside to take the trash out one night and there was a bullfrog. And I mean, we have bullfrogs down here and I <laughs> trying to breathe. And my son knows what to do. My son knew, okay, mom, breathe. It's okay. And he knows to hold me and it's okay. Well, at the time I was dating someone and he thought it would be funny to send me a picture on my cell phone of a frog. And once my son got me calmed down, it triggered all of that again to the point where I threw my phone, went right back into the panic attack. My son is texting this person going, you jerk, you jerk. What are you? And he thought it was funny. And I'm like, look, I don't care what you think, how silly that is. You have to recognize that someone that has a fear or a phobia like that, you can't make a joke. It could be funny. Yes, I can laugh about it now. But in that moment, someone needs to recognize and understand just what that person's going through mentally and physically that they have no control over. Right. And that, that's one of my things about scars and fears because, I mean, no, I don't talk to him or date him anymore after that, but it you know, it's one of those things that I put out there saying, I'm, I'm all happy to go play scare pranks on people and you can scare me, but be mindful. I'm going to hit first and ask questions later. <laughs> right. What do, you, well, what do you talk about? What do you talk about in the book about it? Do you talk about just specifically that? Trying to um, overcome them? Well, or? well, because in the book, I just basically talk about like, that is a fear. 
that someone can uh -huh. have and for someone not to poke, not to bully, not to make fun, but recognize that that could be a serious problem. And maybe that person just needs you to help them calm down, help them breathe. Don't, don't antagonize it. Don't make it worse and go, Oh, look, it's just a fraud. You know, like don't put that in their face because you can actually cause severe, severe problems to the point where if the person is elderly and they have this problem, you can cause them to have a heart attack. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's that bad. So in oh, the yeah. book, I just explained to them, you know, step back for a moment and recognize that this, this is something that you don't experience but maybe that person just needs your help for a moment and then you can laugh about it later. And I'm, I'm big about, you have to laugh about it. I mean, if you fall down in front of a group of people, yes, everybody's going to check to make sure you're okay, but laugh about it. You know, you have to, if you can, if you can, that would be a good remedy for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> to laugh oh, about definitely. It. Yeah. Um, uh, I think your, your weight loss was a big deal too. Um, yeah. Was I jokingly say the first 200 pounds walked out the door. <laughs> what, what do you mean? I don't get it too much. The ex-husband. The ex-husband. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm very um, short. Things fall <laughs> in my head. So, I'm only five feet tall. Yeah, well, I'm five five, so I get you. And, and mind you, I have a six foot seven son, so it's like, you know. <laughs> but, um, you don't realize you guys, how much we froze, we froze, we froze, but we're trying to resolve it. Okay. Trying to resolve it. Stick with me, people. You're, you're frozen. Yeah. You're frozen too. You are frozen. Andrea. Yeah. There you are. Okay. Move. Are you moving? Yes, I am moving. No, you're still frozen. Well, you're frozen again, so. <laughs> like, I got you for a second moving, and then you froze again. Again, Here we are. Oh, there you go. So, you know what, people? Just let me, just let me talk for a second. Mostly for my podcast, people that are not on YouTube, um, I am doing this all by myself. My podcast, the new, new version, um, I do have eight or nine episodes that I did last year, but I had somebody helping me with it. Um, and nobody's helping me this time around. So be patient with me. So you might go in bits and drabs of no talking or whatever, and it freezing up. Same with the YouTube people. But that's life. Sorry about that. Yeah, I know that's life. Just like what you were saying. Mm -hmm. You got to laugh about it. You can't yeah. get too upset about it. So I'd like to, you know, hear about, I mean, did you have to lose weight because of health reasons? Was it well, just something? I wanted to lose weight for health reasons because one, it's going to be easier on my joints. And two, my son always jokes and goes, mom, you know, when I started losing the weight, he's like, mom, when did you get a Kardashian butt? And I'm like, I've always had one. You just never knew it. <laughs> I covered it up. And I've always been a big chested woman to the point where I had a reduction a long time ago and they grow back <laughs> when you hit menopause. So <laughs> it's like, yeah. so I'm just meant to just, you know, be big bootied and big chest. I mean, that's just the way it is. But I was a weight trainer for years when I was younger. Um, I actually worked with Corey Everson back in the day. And I know Corey Everson. I don't know personally, but yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. So you, mean, I you, work, you, you worked with her? 
Uh, yeah, I was actually the body painter of all the bodybuilders. What, spring so, tan? Like, I painted them with a stain brush. And, oh, cool. Yeah, right before they would go on stage and stuff, yeah. Very so, cool. Yeah. But, um, and then, of course, I did all the workouts. I mean, I worked out six days a week nonstop. I mean, I had the six-pack and everything. And I just wanted to be healthier. So the weight loss came from, you know what? This is my second failed marriage. He didn't leave because I was heavy. He didn't, you know, it wasn't anything to do with that. Um, but I just wanted to be better for myself. I wanted to be healthier for myself. It was going to be better on my body. And I became happier and I liked it. And it just started, you know, the, the sleeping started happening. Now I still have moments where I don't sleep, but that's just me in general. I mean, my whole family's like that. But once the weight started falling off and then I got that confidence back, people were like, it's Andrea again. She's back. She's happier. And then things started falling into place because my life started making sense and I didn't have that stress. I didn't have that. I want to hide. I want to, you know, and even now gaining a little bit of the weight back through all this quarantine and stuff. And I had a little episode in January with the back and it didn't stop me. I'm like, okay, it's no big deal. Get back up on your feet, do it again. And I was smart enough and had a good team at the gym that I'm at that I recorded all my workouts because I had to go and show my doctor what it was that they were doing in class so that they can tell me, yes, you can try that. No, try it this way. And it worked out perfect because now I have everything. So even during this quarantine time and stuff, we can go back to the gym, but I really don't want to be in a room full of people that were not wearing masks and stuff, but I have everything that I can just turn it on my phone, connect my phone to my television and I can work out at home. And I mm -hmm. have so many different videos and when we were shut down and we couldn't go to the gym, I was posting them every week. Like, hey, guys, here's this week. Hey, guys. And they all were like, this is perfect because it would be that whole hour class. And they were just like, oh, that's amazing. We're so glad you did that. Mm -hmm. And it, it helped them get through it, too. Like, because it was that's your getaway. Mm -hmm. And I love to swim. Um, I actually swim with a mermaid tail, <laughs> like a little mm -hmm. kid's mermaid tail. And uh, it's oh, the best in a mermaid, a mermaid tail. That's, yeah, that's hard. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's it just fits on your feet, and it's yeah. My niece, my niece has one, and I was like, I have small feet, I could fit in that, so I went and got one, and I have goggles and everything, and I just, and I lost six inches in my waist just swimming with that thing, mm -hmm. and it's a workout. If you, if you like, yeah, if you like swimming, like swimming's not my thing. Like I like the ocean, but growing up, I had a pool. And uh, I used to swim all the time during my um, bulimic days where it was like all about getting, losing weight, moving my body, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, so it could be connected to that where I just don't like right. going in a pool at all. I just have no desire. And also just because it's not weight bearing, I like weight bearing exercise, putting my feet to the ground, doing something, putting your feet to the ground, building bone. But if you like swimming and you're going to do well, it. Well, see, the swimming awesome. is best for me because I can't run anymore. Yeah, I can't Who run anymore. 
No, I'm not saying running. Believe me. I would I right. wouldn't recommend running to anybody. Well, no, because Just, now I like I, I like my, running. I mean, you know, I do uh, too. But, but now my running's in the deep yeah. end of the pool. I run in place Wait, in the deep end of the really, pool. So you, that's good. You have the resistance of the yeah. water. And then there's no running is uh, bouncing and jarring. Yeah. Because you're it, running, right. you're putting so much stress on your joints and your lower back. And if you ha happen to be heavy, heavier, you're putting more on. So I wouldn't. Or top heavy, that's hard to yeah, run. Yeah, never, you know? never recommend clients unless they love to run and that's something they want to do. And they're doing it correctly. They have the right sneakers and all. Mm -hmm. Okay. But honestly, walking, 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 walking. Why yeah. not? Walking and is then, like Well, and that's the why I love having my dog. Because now I get to walk my dog around. And she's the reason that gets me out walking in the neighborhood. You know? Yeah, it's the best I mean, I always, wanted, I always wanted to walk around. But my son would never want to go with me. And to me, walking by myself, you know, I had my radio on and stuff like that. But I didn't feel like it was a purpose for me. Like, okay, it's the same scenery, the same area. And now I have my dog and it's like, okay, now I'm training her and I'm walking her. So it's fun. And people, people look at her and they're like, oh, she's so cute. And then they see how well behaved she is now. And so it's, it's fun. But like, even in the swimming pool, we have a no bounce dive board. So I do all my pull-ups and lifts and then I can lay my body flat and do complete body pull-ups with my arms and shoulders with the water resistant. Mm -hmm. And the That's doctor awesome. was, yeah. And he was just like, the results that you've gotten out of this is just amazing. He couldn't believe it. Yeah. So I can imagine. It's beautiful. Wonderful. Yeah. So tell me, tell me, give me a, give me a beautiful conclusion to your beautiful story let me hear, let the audience hear about where you are now, what's going on. I am in the, well, now I am officially quarantined as of today, again, because we have to go take COVID testing and stuff like that to be on sets. So I've done my COVID testing today and now I'm officially quarantined and I will be quarantined for the next three weeks because, oh, wow. uh, well, what happens is once I get the results and I send them over the negative results, then that puts me in the pool for all the filming that's out there now. And then mm -hmm. they find the category where I can fit in and stuff. And there's something that's going on right now that I can't discuss about, you know, because of contracts and stuff. But mm -hmm. even though I did today's test, once that test comes back today negative, then they'll do a series of five days in a row of testing. And once you have that five days in a row of negative testing, then they put you in like this bubble and they keep you there with everybody else that's negative. And then we're filming a big show and I'm excited. So, uh, so great. Yeah. So you got a, so you got a part in something. You can't tell yeah. me yet, but that's yeah. okay. I'll, we'll see it. It's well, not official yet. I mean, I have to go through all the testing and get all the negative results, but I mean, once all that's done, then yeah. So have, I'm excited. I'm sending you really good vibes your way. Yeah. Good vibes. That's what it says on my shirt. Good vibes. Yeah. Um, so it was really wonderful to get to know you. Absolutely love I, talking to you. Yeah. It's awesome. Where uh, can people get in touch with you or where can they find you? Um, Do you have a website? Yeah. I am on Facebook. Um, it's just my name, Andrew, my Euro. And 
the TikTok is late again. People, I'm Uh-oh. so sorry. <laughs> you're you're free. Yeah, you're freezing up, Andrea. Hold on one second. Yeah, I can see Hold the dark on. clouds coming. <laughs> Be patient, people. We we definitely gonna be okay. getting some bad weather here in a minute. Yeah, no, no, no. So you, I, you're frozen, but we can hear you. Yeah. So. Yeah, you froze up on me too, but I can hear you. Okay, you're back. Yeah. Yay. Okay, so I know you are on Facebook. What is it? Andrea, my Euro. And then, of course, TikTok is Lady Tigress. Lady Tigress on TikTok. So spell your last name for people. M-A-I-U-R-O. Oh, And you're going to hang out for a second while I give my little spiel. Absolutely. All right, everybody. So all this information will be in the notes below. And uh, I am giving out my Google phone number for anybody who has any questions for me or would like to be on the show or um, uh, has any feedback, would like to see anything on the show. My number is 609-429-4058. And all my info will be in the notes, my website, um, what else, Uh, my email, my TikTok. All right, so anything you need is going to be there. The only thing that I talk about on the show, if you've joined me before, will know that it's the Roar Bar. It's the only packaged thing I eat. Uh, the company is beautiful. They give 10% of their net proceeds to feed the hungry children worldwide. Any kind of diet can have this bar. I love the bar. I use I so often. I have, oh, we're always on the run, right, people? I mean, we're very busy. I always have these on hand. They're always in my purse. Um, Raw Bar, R-A-W-R. They are protein-packed, organic ingredients, 11 to 13 net carbs, which is really nice. No artificial sweeteners. Uh, coconut oil, coconut nectar, blackstrap molasses, and Himalaya salt to sweeten and to keep the product together. Owned by Jake and Rachel, very young couple in Minnesota. Um, it's, they're just wonderful people. So that link is going to be below my, that's my affiliate link. So if you do check them out and I hope you do, um, please buy from that page because it helps me and it helps them. And on that note, thank you, Andrea, for joining me. I appreciate you and I will see you hanging out on TikTok. Yeah. Everybody, have a wonderful and blessed day, morning, night, wherever it is, whatever it is in your neck of the woods. And, and don't forget, don't settle for a silver lining. Go for gold or platinum, baby. <laughs> hey! <laughs> on. All right. Thank you so much, Andrea. Thank you.